Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. Smashes a ball down the line. Goodbye. Three to nothing, Texas. And now, the voice of reason and the dean of Richmond Radio. Here's Big Al on 1061 ESPN. And that's the way it would remain until the eighth inning when the Arizona Diamondbacks would get a run to make it 3-1 to one your final there. And they scratch one out. They had six hits. The Diamondbacks were shut down offensively. Not that the Rangers got a lot of hits. They only accumulated five over the game. But they were timely hits, including the Sager uh, home run you just heard. And that, of course, was the top of the third when he knocked in two runs with that. A run had scored prior to that. The same in the top of the same inning of the third. Uh, Lowe got the, the, the run. He scored the run and was... Uh, uh, knocked in by Seaman, the uh, second baseman who leads off. So it went around the corner and up to the top of the batting order, and they took over like Rover, and it was 3 nothing at that point. As I say, it remained that way to the bottom of the eighth. 3-1, to one, your final. Rangers uh, get the win, and one of the bigger stories is certainly that Scherzer uh, Scherzer did not uh, did not hang around too long. Uh, bat, tightness in his back. If you're watching the game, <coughs> excuse me, we saw, if you're watching, say you saw that, uh, he was removed in the uh, thir- after three innings. After he got through three innings, he got through that. Uh, he given up two hits, two walks, and uh, but led three nothing. But he didn't get the required five innings that normally is the case. You have to get the five innings to get the win, and uh, he did not get the win. But the team did, and that's what matters. What that does for Scherzer in the balance, and will they need him? Don't know, can't say. Uh, it was uh, it was. It- it was a good game, not a great game to watch. Uh, but unless, if you like pitching, it was a good game because eleven hits were spanked, and that was it. Uh, out of all the uh, at bats that were totaled up uh, in the uh, in the game, you had eleven hits, so it, did, it wasn't like wow, this is fun. But it's still, if you like pitching, it was good. Sixty-one at bats, eleven hits. Do the math. You know they're hitting below the Mendoza line, but it's a World Series game, and they come in any every form and shape and size that you want. And the Rangers uh, won this, and they take that two to one lead. I was talking about yesterday. Yesterday, when I said you get two to one, you got to win three of the next four, ah, or you ain't gonna be the World Series champ, and that's the case because uh, the Rangers uh, have to be held to just one win, the balance of the series. Otherwise, da da, they take it. Now, Diamondbacks come back tonight, and make it two two. Uh, then it's a best of three with one in Texas and potentially, excuse me, one in one more in Arizona. That would be, uh, what's today? Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday night, tomorrow night, and then uh, two in uh, Texas if needed. So three to one, that's your final. 
And as I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a Donnie Brook. It wasn't a, more of a pitcher's duel, I would say, uh, if you follow the series. 6-5 was your first game in 11 innings. And then uh, Arizona did explode for nine in game two to tie it in Texas at one and then uh, going home with a 1-1 tie and, uh, and uh, got beat in the game three of the series, the hope, uh, the home opener for the Diamondbacks in the World Series. And I'm sure they're, they're kicking themselves for not getting that, uh, getting that game because it's at home, man. You like to win at home. And you like to have a 2-1 to lead in the World Series. You know, I'd like to win the lottery, but, you know, <laughs> things don't always happen the way you'd like. That's for sure. Anyway, it's a dreary day this morning, as we can see. If you're out and about, uh, you know that it's uh, somewhat ugly out there uh, today. Uh, some rain drizzle. It's chilly, but not cold. I think it was in the upper 40s when I left uh, my my neck of the woods. Let me just give you know. I'll give you have to give you a little update on that. Uh, right now, in North Chesterfield, it's 46. So occasional rain likely to end around 10:45. So we'll take it from there and get updates, of course, from CBS six at about 36 past each of the hours uh, this morning. Uh, Russ Houston coming up in a few minutes. The coach of the head coach of the Richmond Spiders, winners of six of their last seven. So they're five and one in conference and uh, six and three overall. So go Spiders, go Spiders! They're half game behind Delaware and they have a bye this week. Uh, Avern and Habo tipping off NCAA basketball 23-24. Uh, that's coming along probably slightly before 9. There'll be early attendees to the party. So um, that's that. The best game of the weekend this weekend in NFL uh, has got to be number 6 in the power rank. It's been on the power rank as you look. Cowboys certainly moved up I think at least one notch to 6th. And the Eagles have taken over the top slot, which they should. They're 7-1. and one. Uh, The next... Uh, Best or uh, uh, what a whole handful. Every division leader in the AFC is six and two. That would be Miami, Jacksonville, Baltimore, and Kansas City. In the NFC, uh, of course, Philadelphia at seven and one, best record in the league. Uh, Detroit now six and two with their uh, ho hum win over the Raiders last night. I don't know if you watched that. That was fun, but it's kind of a ho hum game. Yeah, you don't. Detroit. And the Ra- Raiders haven't been good since when? Number one. Number two, it's odd to see the Lions doing so well. They finished the season last year, was it 8-1, and I believe? Um, or 8-2, and two maybe. They finished maybe 8-2. and two, and Now they're 6-2. and two. Either way, they've won 14 over about the last full season. Eight wins, six wins this, and then uh, two losses. And maybe, I can't remember if they had went eight and one or, or eight and two down the stretch last year. But the bottom line is they've won 14 their last 17, which is a full season, or 18, which is a full season plus one. Not bad. Not bad. And they're the team I picked to go to the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a tight rope I'm walking there. But uh, because of the teams in the NFC, really the class of the NFC right now is Philadelphia and. Dallas, eh? Detroit, eh? Seattle, five and two. San Fran, three losses in a row. Injury bugs bitten them. And it hits every team. Anyway, good morning, and thank you for tuning in on this somewhat dreary Tuesday morning. It'll get better into each rain, each life. A little rain must fall tomorrow. Will be sunny and bright, I believe, uh, with a high in the upper forties. A little bit of fall to 
early winter type weather, but we've had summer weather the last, what, four or five days. So there you have it. That's what's going on. Uh, college basketball begins on uh, Monday, and college football continues this weekend. And as I say, you're listening to Sports Phone. I'm Big Al. So we're on 106.1 ESPN. Robert the Bruce on the other side of the glass. Good morning, Hoss. Good morning, Al. And I would argue that New, or sorry, that Dallas and Philadelphia game is the best out of four really good games yep. this weekend. You got Miami, Kansas City, Seattle, Baltimore, a sneaky fun game, and then Buffalo, Cincinnati Sunday night. <sighs> So I got. Uh, I'm sure the other matchups will find a way to be fun, even though they're not as good. But those four matchups, that's that's what's so great about the NFL. Yep, we talked about those four yesterday, and they are uh, Miami. It's, it's hard to, uh, to shake down Miami and Kansas City behind uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. The difference there is it's a division game. And uh, it, it, these guys know each other. So that makes it a little bit, maybe a little more spice than Miami, Kansas City. But don't sell Kansas City and Miami short, as the saying goes. Because that, as Ivan would say, would be a, could be a whale of a game in Frankfurt. It's a home game for the Chiefs in Miami. Uh, both over there now practicing, I'm sure of that. Uh, and the other two games, as you mentioned, uh, Seattle. We talked about that yesterday. That, I looked at that and said, hey, this could be a good game. Seattle five and two, and uh, Baltimore six and two, and playing very well. No shock there. Seattle's next opponent will be after this Sunday back home against Washington. <laughs> and then you mentioned also on Sunday night, yeah, how can you turn your nose up or your eyes away from Buffalo at Cincinnati? It, That'll be a way. Those are four outstanding games for this weekend. And I think uh, Baltimore, I, 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 their health is always a concern. It's a concern with everyone, but especially with Baltimore, they're one of those teams. But I'd <sighs> argue they maybe have the most impressive win when they beat the Lions 38-6. to I think that might have been one, that in the 49ers win <laughs> of the Cowboys are my two most impressive wins of the year. Well, say uh, the uh, beating the Lions 30 to 6, what was the other one? Uh the when the 49ers beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. Oh, yeah. I think those are the two yeah. most impressive. That was wins. sweet. Um there's probably some other ones. Obviously the Dolphins putting up 70, but you know, and there's some upsets, but I think the two most impressive to me have been the Baltimore Ravens just – and everyone struggles with Lamar Jackson when you don't see him often, but the entire team dominated the Lions and then the 49ers dominated the Cowboys. Those are my two most impressive wins I've seen. I uh, switch to college football real quick because we're going to get to Coach Houston. Uh Getting quickly to that, uh, have you seen a line recently on Alabama and LSU? I have not yet. I All right, let me give you this. Look. You ready? I'm ready. Alabama started out – it opened at five and a half. It's now three – I like that. It's I ho- gotten closer. People were taking LSU in the five and a half, and the gamblers said uh, the betters, those that make the line, said, wait a minute, let's tighten this thing up a little bit. This screw is loose. I hope it's as good as the game last year. Like I said, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the entire LSU team, but the but Jaden Daniels is a beast, and I'm excited to watch him play against Alabama. Well, there's some good ones this weekend. Notre Dame travels down to Clemson. We'll see how uh, Dabo Sweeney and his <laughs> arguments with a fan on the radio show and that kind of thing. I, you know, I don't. I've always liked Sweeney, and I don't follow it that closely to say, well, he's a jerk or he's a pain in the neck or whatever. I've always he's always seemed like a happy, upbeat guy. But the last two years, not so much. But his team been doing so much either. Uh, but Notre Dame's a two and a half point favorite at Clemson. Uh, in Virginia playing Georgia Tech, they're a, they're a favorite. It's probably been a while outside of the Women Mary game. Yeah, and they don't really put lines yeah. on on those games so much either. You know, FBS and FCS. Right. But as far as FBS, how long has it been since Virginia was a favorite? 
It ha- maybe the last time they played George Tech last year. Were they a favorite then? <laughs> I don't remember. But it's been a, a long year. time since they've been an FBS favorite. Uh, two and a half is the line. Fifty-four and a half is the over/under on that one. Your, your uh, Old Dominion Monarchs are favored by one and a half over Coastal that, Carolina in Norfolk. That's flipped. Uh, Coastal started out as a one and a half point favorite. It's so they, flipped. They're predicting, like most ODU games, it's going to be close. Jeez, they did get robbed. I uh, saw that, thought about you Saturday night watching that, that they got robbed on that touchdown pass. It was not called a touchdown, and damn if it wasn't. It sure as hell looked like it to me, and I have no dog in the fight. Yeah, it was a tough one. That yeah. Really was. Yeah, keep, old, keep James. The commissioner says, and I'm making a joke here, he didn't say this, you know, but you think behind the, behind the lines, and we do have to get rolling here, behind the lines you're thinking that he said, hey, listen, let's protect Madison. Keep them unbeaten. Let's yeah, roll. So just, so it, just, does, it doesn't happen to the refs, but you know, you think you, it goes through your mind. Hey, they're eight. No, they want to keep these guys winning. And get a shot at bowl. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, JMU fans, maybe the NCAA isn't out to get you, and this rule applies to everyone. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, they, they're not. I mean, you, you can't have commissioners telling you can't, but it's just something that runs through your mind if you're a conspiracy theorist. All right, let's tell. Oh, oh, by the way, Georgia opened at twenty and a half, now fifteen and a half over Missouri, Mizzou Tigers, and that shows you how that Missouri ranked at number what fourteen. They they ain't it. They're not it. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll win. Who knows? It'll snow tomorrow. All right, stay with us. We're here. We're live. We're talking sports. We're doing it until ten o'clock right here on one zero six one ESPN. Coach Houston coming up directly after the pause. Stay with us. Big Al, Matt Josephs, and Bob Black. What could these four names possibly have in common? Not all too much. Are you listening? You ready? But they all talk sports, and they can be heard on these airwaves. Are you ready? Keep it locked on 1061 ESPN Richmond for the best local sports talk in town. Can you imagine? We do have Coach Russ Houston, the head coach of the Richmond Spiders. Winners now of six of their last seven, five and one in the conference, six and three overall. And going into what coaches would think at this time of year, certainly, and most people would agree, it's a, a bye week for the players this week. Coaches, I'm sure, will be working hard, but uh, it is a timely bye week because here we are getting into November tomorrow and uh, they're getting their long uh, overdue, so to speak, uh, bye week for the Spiders this week. Coach, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, appreciate you having me. Well, it's always good to have you on, and uh, as uh, you look at what Richmond's done this year, six out of the last seven, you've won. Uh, you're five and one in the conference, six and three overall, and a half a game behind Delaware uh, for first place in the CAA. So, after taking a couple tough shots in the first two games of the year, you've come back off the off the mat, so to speak, and uh, and winning winning six and one. As I say, it's a, it's a great momentum to build in the last two games of the season, and then hopefully into the playoffs. Uh, I like to see that, and it's uh, yeah, had a, a a game of I guess a tale of two cities, you know, in the sense that this thing was a dogfight, Coach, for three quarters, 16-13 to 13, Richmond going into Q4. Yeah, it, it was, um, um, you know, it was, like you said, going into the fourth quarter, it was a 16-13 game, and uh, to start, I think it may have been the first play of the fourth quarter or second play, um, we get a pick six, Wayne Galloway takes it, you know, 42 yards for a touchdown. You know, to make it a 23-13 game, uh, I think we got another turnover pretty quickly. We went in and scored and made a 30-13 game. You know, and then at that point in time, you know, you say, all right, let's hang on. Uh, let's get the win. Let's run the football. And we actually, 
you know, we, we had another pick, uh, you know, set our offense up again. And, you know, we were running the football pretty effectively there in the second half. And uh, we got a couple third downs and, and threw a couple passes. And uh, we scored on a wheel route to Milan Howard. And uh, before you know it, it turned into a, a 44-13 to 13 game. But obviously that game was a lot closer than that. And, uh, you know, a lot of tense moments. But uh, we played really well on defense. Uh, you know, we we held a high-powered offense to just 13 points, and offensively we were really efficient in the second half, and, and then the kicking game was solid again. So uh, proud of our guys. You know, all three phases had uh, something to do with this win. Well, and then Campbell came in, of course, they do. You talk about a high-flying offense. They uh, had put up a lot of points in, in just about every game this year. You held them to 296 yards, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not against an offense that's that, that's that good. And uh, the way it oh, I mean, the way it was a dogfight, and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter just uncorked. Have you, you All the coaching you've done over the years, Coach, you're bound to have seen or been in a game like this. Yeah, I mean, they happen like this. You know, sometimes – you know, sometimes you get something happen, uh, and then it and it kind of turns into a snowball effect. You know, we got to, you know, we got to pick six and, and made a twenty three thirteen, and there was a lot of time left on the clock, and you know, and but the the second touchdown, you know, to make it thirty to thirteen, uh, you know, now they got to get into some kind of panic mode, you know, and and, and we got another sack fumble. And, you know, before you know it, you know, you, you tack on the points. But yeah, I've been in them before on, on each side of the, the each side of it where, you know, all of a sudden it snowballed against us and there's nothing you can do. And, mm. and for Campbell this week, you know, it snowballed against them. And, uh, you know, we made some plays defensively and capitalized on offense. Well, and uh, you lost Coleman to an injury or just uh, hopefully not too serious, Coach. Well, it's not. It's nothing that'll require any kind of surgical uh, stuff going on, which is a good thing. Um, you know, he he may be out for a couple weeks. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see how he progresses. But uh, you know, it's not a season-ending injury, which is a good thing. Well, you know, your start at the beginning of the year was Wickersham, and he got hurt. And he, you've you've got two very good quarterbacks, which I see, I view that as a luxury. Coleman was ten for fifteen, a buck four before he went out. Wickersham eight for eleven, one hundred sixty-one yards. Some people think, well, if you if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You don't have any quarterbacks. I don't agree necessarily with that philosophy. I think we got two guys like this that are they're both capable of leading you to wins. Uh, it's an advantage because uh, it can. Again, you get out there and you're playing and Coleman goes out, Wickersham comes in, even if they're both healthy, it's a different style. Is it not, Coach? Well, a little bit, mm-hmm. just because, you know, Kyle is a, is, a, is a bigger kid and probably can run the ball a little bit better. But, you know, he didn't run the ball much in this game. He just executed the offense and uh, Kyle had a great game. And, you know, he, he was a starter at the beginning of the season for a reason. Uh, he's a talented player and and uh, he came out there and executed the offense and put the ball where it needed to be. And so, proud of him, no question about that. And moving forward, you know, you know, you got your guy that was your number one at the beginning of the season, and um, and so, you know, both those guys are playing are playing well. And you know, it's we actually, you know, Cam was started the game, and then and then and then at some point in time in the second quarter, we brought Kyle in. Uh, we got packages for him, but again, we still 
execute our, our full offense with Kyle. It's not just like he's a runner. He's a, he's a college division one quarterback and, uh, proud of him. Like I said, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have two guys, um, you know, back there just in case, you know, somebody goes down and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Cam went down and Kyle executed well. No question about it. The combined, they're 18 for 26, 265, and two touchdowns. Let's go back to the end of the first half, Coach, when Andrew Lopez, 30-yard field goal, his time expired, gave you a 10-7 to lead uh, going into halftime. Is this a little bit – did you feel like you had, well, a little bit of a, moment, a momentum builder right there? Yeah, I got booed for that one <laughs> um, pretty bad um, during the course of the game, and, and probably rightfully so. Um, you know, we there was about 25 seconds on the clock, and it was moving. It was third down. Uh, we had just taken a sack, and uh, you know, I just I knew we had to have points. I knew we had to have momentum. I didn't want to kick off. You know, anything can happen on kickoffs. Um, so I just let it run down and took the points and took the momentum into the half. Uh, but uh, I got ripped for that pretty good by the fans, which again. They probably rightfully so. Um, you know, it, you know, we probably could have thought, did did something else and threw a pass. And uh, but you know, I just I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to sack fumble or an interception in the end zone. We had to. We had to have points to go in at halftime. Up with some momentum. Uh, I didn't want them to have momentum coming back out in the second half. So. That's that was my decision. I I think our offensive staff was looking at me pretty funny, <laughs> along with uh, everybody that was in the stand. So, again, a decision I made probably not the smartest move in the world, but it was a, it was the safest move to make. Well, that's what coaches do. You make those decisions, and you, some people are gonna love you, some people are gonna dislike you about it. But the bottom line is, they gave you the lead in going into halftime. Coming out in the third quarter, they put up a field goal to tie it. About two and a, two and a half minutes into the third quarter, uh, you guys returned the favor there. About three minutes later, by getting a touchdown run uh, by Smith for twenty one years, missed the extra point, but you're up by six. And then, of course, their final score was with about two and a half to go in the third quarter to make it sixteen thirteen. That's when I say those first three quarters were a bit of a dogfight, and then all of a sudden y'all y'all uncorked. You talk about Galloway's 42-yard interception return, and that gave you a 10-point lead 11 seconds into the fourth quarter. Nice lead, but not one that you're going to say, hey, we, we just we slow down or just let's run the ball. But by the time you scored the touchdown with Smith to make it 30-13, you were pretty comfortable at that point, weren't you, Coach? Well, we, you know, we scored um... – you know, to make it 29-13, and I knew the extra point was going to be huge to make it a three-score game. Right. And and we got the extra point to make it 30-13 to make it a three-score game. That was probably the first time that I actually felt pretty good. Um, when it got to 37-13, I knew we, we, we had a win under our belt there. But, um, you know, when, at, at 29-13, you know, if we don't make that extra point, it's a two-score game, and it's still pretty scary. But, um, you know, we drilled it through. And when it got to a three-score game, yeah. I felt pretty good. Well, yeah, you should. And that field goal that you made with no time left in the first half looked pretty good at that point because it gave you that three-score that three score lead right there. Because otherwise, if you'd gone for a touchdown not made it, 27-13 is a two-score game. So there you have it. So it was a wise decision at yeah. the end that you made, took the field goal, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think my wife was booing me too. So uh, you know, my, she probably wasn't. But 
there were some strange, uh, strange looks, and even the offensive staff probably looked at me. But you know that wasn't their call. That was that was my call that I made there. And you know, as you look at it now, we still got a sixteen thirteen lead, uh, even though when they kicked that kicked the field goal, uh, you know we we might have scored a touchdown right before the half, and mm-hmm. uh, but you, you just don't know what's going to happen there. So. I, I, I knew I didn't want to kick off again. They had a really dangerous guy back there, um, you know. And so, again, take the points, get in the locker room with a lead. Um, yeah. Again, that, those are decisions as a head coach you got to make, and uh, you know you never know how how it was going to turn out if I'd have chose to run one more offensive snap before the half. But uh, it's a great win. Our guys played really well. All three phases played well especially offense in the second half. You know, he moved the ball. But we got the ground game going pretty good. Um, Kyle hit some good throws. And then defensively, we, you know, we got the three turnovers in the second half. So, really, you know, and then the special teams. I mean, we covered kicks really well. We kicked the ball excellent uh, other than the one missed extra point. But uh, for the most part, you know, our guys uh, – our guys executed the way we wanted them to Saturday. Well, I'm going with the field goal being the right decision there because it gave you that three three score lead. All right, coach, you have the that's bottom. only because that's only because that's only because you like yeah. I do, coach. Line. I do like it, coach. And I'm <laughs> glad you got the win. I'm glad you won six out of seven. I'm glad that y'all have the bye week here because you're you think it's a good time of the year and a positive thing for your team to regroup, take a deep breath. I know there'll be some uh, practices, certainly some weightlifting, that type of thing. But they kind of get can get away from football for. Uh, a few days, and you guys, I know the coaches will all be working hard this week and next, no doubt about that. But it came at a time, a good time for y'all this time of year, didn't it? Yeah, no question. I, you know, people ask, well, you're you're on a roll. Do you want to keep playing? Um, you know, our coaches are on the road recruiting uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, we gave our players off Monday, Tuesday. They'll lift. We, we're not going to practice on Wednesday. Normally we do. Uh, you know, I just wanted them away from us. And let our coaches come back in the office and start game planning, Elon, at that point in time. And then we'll go out there on Thursday and Friday, have a couple light practices, kind of get some Elon prep going, uh, and then Saturday give them off, and then come back Sunday, you know, with a, with a heavier practice. So, you know, again, I, I think at this time, you know, when you get a bye week, maybe the second, third, fourth week of the season, you know, everybody talks about let's go back to fundamentals and. Right now, right now, it's it's a survival of the fittest. To be honest with you, um, it's about who is who's healthy, who feels good, uh, you know, who has great energy, and and I think, you know, whether this you know pays off to give them a little bit of extra time off and then come back and, and do the game plan thing, you know, we'll see. But um, uh, you know, at this time of year, you know, if they don't have their techniques down and, and they're not bending their knees and things like that. You know, then there's probably nothing you can do at this point in time. So, um, you know, we, we kind of – coaches, obviously, like you said, will be working. Uh, we don't get time off. Uh, like I said, they're recruiting, and then we'll come back right, right on Wednesday and get going. And um, So I am giving the coaches Saturday off so they can just relax with their families and, and watch some college football and do those types of things. Oh, but, 
you know, we'll be working. We'll be working most of the time. I'm sure y'all will be. That's what coaches do. And the nice thing is, when you come back out of your bye, you're you're at home versus Elon. Uh, Coach, thank you for your time. Coach Russ Houston of the Richmond Spiders, winners of six in the last seven, with a bye week, and then home against Elon after that. Kids, uh, I hope you get a little bit of a break for yourself. I know your team will, and your coaches will hopefully get a little bit. Uh, thank you for joining us this Tuesday morning, and we will talk again next Tuesday morning, and look forward to the game against Elon. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Take care. Russ Houston, head coach of the Richmond Spiders, five and one in conference, six and three overall. We'll take a pause and return right here on 1061 ESPN. You listen to Sports Phone. I'm Big Al. Robert the Bruce on the other side of the glass. Stay with us. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Here's something you won't hear from... Guest weather person today, weather man, and so I'm gonna give you some weather here. Give you a weather report now. Now, occasional rain in and around 10:30 a.m. Current temperature is 47. Sports phone degrees. Looking at the 106.1 ESPN weather window, and you can't see but so much out there today because it is a low ceiling of heavy clouds. Would you call that accurate, there, uh, Bob? From my from my viewpoint, yes. The pop threw me off, but yes, uh, from my viewpoint, it is low ceiling. Uh, I should have done this more often. That's what my uh, granddad went by, Bob. My dad oh. goes by Bud, and I go by Robert. Yes, you're Robert. <laughs> Robert the Bruce. I can't call you Bobby the Bruce, which would be much more uh, we have a, a, an alliterative sound to it, Bobby the Bruce. Uh, not t- technically alliterative because there's a word in between, but we could have should have been calling you Bobby the Bruce. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of options. You, People made you, a lot of nicknames you, out of my name. You'd be calling me. Well, you're a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so continuing with the weather. Where were we? Uh, rain ending, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's take a gander at uh, today's forecast. Of course. Um, showers early and it'll be cloudy this afternoon rain will end maybe around 10 45 or so high today 49 degrees winds will be chopping at us about 10 5 to 10 miles per hour chance of rain is 40 percent uh it should be clearing out i guess later on tonight cloudy skies early then partly cloudy after midnight slight chance of a rain shower Low around 36 winds out of the northwest again at about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Well, they'll shift from west to northwest. And then if it gets down right north, it'll be that's when it gets cold. Tomorrow will be a sunny but uh, chilly day on Wednesday the 1st. Mostly sunny, high 52. Winds northwest at 10 to 20 miles an hour. And tomorrow night, here we go, uh, 28 degrees. It'll get below freezing for the first time as far as I know it. 28 degrees tomorrow night. That'll be that'll be below freezing, and so uh, any any um, 
thing like we had last week where we get back up in the 80s, they, they call it an Indian summer. Don't shoot me. That's what it's been called for a thousand years. Anyway, that's the... Uh, that's what it'll be called if it gets up above uh, 70, 75, 80. All right, Red Puppy. What are you doing there, Red Pup? I'm actually working. It's only got a minute, but I want to bounce two things off you real quick. Okay. Because I'm, because I'm a little slow on the uptake, it literally was this morning before I realized that BC's first game against McNeese State is Will Wade's team now. Is what? My question. Well, Will Wade's team. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, okay, so it shocked you, too. So, anyway, um, I didn't know if either one of y'all knew. Apparently, he's not allowed to coach the first X number of games. Are you familiar with what he's up against because of his problems in the past? Uh, no, but John Averton and uh, Hobgood uh, will be here at 9. I'll ask the question, and if you can tune in, uh, you'll get an answer from one of those uh, uh, partners, uh, basketball partners. Yeah, because I can't believe he would have wanted his first game to be in the Seagull Center. I mean, they would have him for lunch. That would be the fun to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would be. The other thing I wanted to say just real quick, because I, I think I heard y'all mention the Madison thing earlier. Everybody seems to be talking about Madison football. <laughs> I don't know if they feel pick, picked on, but they do have a right to be furious. I, I don't look at this rule so much as – a bad rule, but it's horribly outdated. I think there was a time it served its purpose. But in a world where everybody is transferring and nobody has to sit out when they do it, you don't need two years to make the segue up. And uh, I think they've proven that two years ago they won double A, and now they're looking at two straight years of being Sunbelt regular season champions, it looks like. So it, it, it is a rule that has to go. Uh, not only that, but they are sixteen and three in one A football, FBS football last year and this year combined sixteen and three. So yeah, you're right. Good point. Now you know, you, you, as, as I used to say in Georgia, the Jungle cartoon, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Uh, maybe it was the Tom Slick's uh, cartoon, but the bottom line is in, in the in the Georgia the Jungle cartoon series. Anyway, the uh, you know they signed off uh, on it when Old Dominion couldn't do it. When Old Dominion went upstairs, uh, they you know JMU signed it, and they all had to sign it and say that's the deal. And so Old Dominion couldn't play uh, like uh, like. This. So Madison knew the deal, and I'm not picking on Madison. I'm just talking fact. You know, it's like Joe Friday, just the facts, ma'am. You know, and so that's uh, the way it is. Now, hopefully, there won't be enough teams to fill the 41 bowls at six and six. Then Madison will get a, will, will be reached out to and, and, and given a slot in a bowl. Well, I mean that'd be nice and all, but I mean at the end of the day, it's like I said. I mean with. With so many people transferring, you can you can fix a roster just like that. You don't need a two-year segue. I mean, I literally can see we're not far from the point where whatever um, sport you play in college, if you actually stay at the same school for all four years to play it, you will be seen as a freak of nature. You will be looked at as, man, you must have been terrible because someone would have obviously given you a raise to go somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you, buddy. Hey, thank you. All right, you got to go. All right, Red Dog, appreciate the call. Uh, a little update uh, programming-wise here. Uh, we do have the World Series tonight at 8.03. It'll come on at 7 o'clock. That's right. 
Uh, the Rangers Diamondbacks game four of the World Series. It's the World Series. Thank you, Jack Nicholson. We won't go any further with that cut. Got in trouble for that. Uh, let's see. Wednesday night we'll have game five of the World Series. Yep. I, I just, I'll tell you, we're off the air. Yeah, no, I've, yeah. I've seen that scene. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm, yeah. it, it, I remember what, what happened too. after that. I yeah. remember the story, too. Rangers Diamondbacks, 803 tomorrow night, also uh, pregame, 7 o'clock. Uh, Thursday at noon, behind the web with the gentleman you just heard a few minutes ago, Russ Huseman, head coach of the 5 and 3, but 6. Wait a minute. Six and three. Can't, can't have won six of their last seven if they've just won five. Doing. Yes, they're six and three. Five and one in the conference. Uh, that'll be noon Thursday from Barrel and Dog. What's the name of it? The Brass Tap in Libby Mill. The Brass Tap. Yep, the Brass not, Tap. Not Barrel and Dog? Nope. Maybe I'll open up another sports bar called the Barrel and Dog. Maybe. Yeah, doubtful. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Uh, Thursday at 730, we'll have a, a football game on. I can't wait for this one. South Alabama and Troy. Yep, a Sunbelt matchup. We uh, did not have anything on the docket for Thursday night, so yeah. we were offered this game. South Alabama at Troy in the Sunbelt. There you go. I'll tune in. And then on Friday, if necessary, if necessary, and we certainly hope it'll be necessary, uh, MLB Rangers Diamondbacks, that would be game six. 9 a.m. Saturday, Foster and Friends with, hi, everybody, it's Mac McDonald. Uh, off to the races Saturday at 10, Saturday 11, FCS Nation Radio. And there you go. And then uh, to be determined, our game's on Saturday. That has now been updated. All right. Uh, so it'll be Notre Dame-Clemson. That's right. Um, Ooh. Whoa, what time is that? That is a noon start. A obviously. nooner. So that means pregame coverage will be at 11.30 um, for who, the radio people out who there. Who doesn't love a nooner? I, I don't know. I think I think, I think think anytime you get a college football game, it's good, just like that Thursday night game. I think anytime you can get some college. I know there's probably college football tonight. There's probably. College, every night except for Monday, I swear, <laughs> there's, there's some college football game. There is. And then Saturday, a note about Saturday. Obviously, that's still F necessary, the World Series game. I will let people know, if it's not Game 7 of the World Series, we will have LSU at Alabama at that All time. Right, so there's no Game 7 Saturday. We'll sort of know about that uh, fairly soon. But, uh, yeah, there'll be LSU-Alabama 745 as the kickoff. Uh, yes, tonight it's the Northern Illinois uh, 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 Ratchets versus the Central Michigan Chippewas. Toledo Rockets versus the Buffalo Bison. So Liberty did Liberty finally get a Tuesday off? Yeah, they yeah, did. got a Tuesday off. I think they. I think this is their bye week. Might be. They've been playing yeah. on Tuesday the last three weeks. It feels. Yes, indeed. They're good though. All right, we've got. We've got. Oh, by the way, Derby Bill's checking in on all things sports as he always does. VCU's a twenty-three point favorite over McNeese State. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's too bad he won't be there. Well, I'm sure they would have had some fun with him, Will Wade. Cowboys getting butt kicked in honor of Big Red Dog the Rammer. Oh, it must be the McNeese State Cowboys. Yeah, I think that's who I it is. think that's what he meant. I was going, okay, how will we tie this one together, Billy Dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red Dog the Rammer. Hmm. All right, uh, let's see. What else do we have here in the morning? I've got something for John when he gets here. He's going to think I don't know. But I'm going to fool them and catch them right off the bat when Johnny Avert gets here. You get, you'll get a, uh, you might not know this, Al. <laughs> you might not know this, John. <laughs> but I do know this. Well, he and Booker ever always thought I didn't know anything. I think you know a couple of things. 
I many would things. hope. Many things. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's that. All right, uh, let's take our pause uh, here and now. It is 847. I imagine the – I've heard nothing yet from our guest – uh, but you, they probably will be arriving in the green room. I can confirm one is in the green room. You can, yeah, because I didn't get anything. You He's got a, something? Uh, no, I've seen something. Uh, they're holding off from coming in, but one of the two are in the green room. I, I, say, I, won't, I, I won't say who. I'll tell you who. It's Averett. No, nope. God, one more chance. <laughs> Usually, people Averett's age eat at, you know, dinner at five. <laughs> Right. No, I've not seen him yet. All right. The well, other of the two are in, though. Let's take a pause. We shall return. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday today. It is the 31st of October. It's Halloween. You know, evil and bad Halloween. Tomorrow's All Saints Day. Right. It's like uh, your boy George Carlin. Football, gridiron, you score, you penetrate. In baseball, you go home. That's sort of a little snippet from his. All right, let's uh, rock and roll on to a pause and return right here on 1061 ESPN. I've got this is Sports Fun. Stay with us. We shall return in just a few moments. Don't touch that dial. You regret that you did. We're looking for compassion. You may have come to the wrong place. Matt Josephs isn't mincing words. He's a coward. We can no longer call him River Bogron. And while he may believe in luck, of course there are things that you got lucky about. He's here to tell you what you need to hear. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 4 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. If you want to buy, sell. Gentlemen, let me know your headset levels and how we're doing with that. We'll get you all tightened up. Fresh out of the green room, John Avery and Jim Hobgood. We'll be talking some college basketball. That's right, college basketball. Johnny, how's your headset? It's good. Good, good. It's okay. Don't need to touch it. Don't need to touch right, good. it. Let Hobbs, me say one other thing. Uh, we're ready to go. I, I think we're going to change the name to you guys to Calvin and Hobbs. You know, hey, cartoon strip, which is a great cartoon strip, which the Times Dispatch doesn't run anymore when they consolidated <laughs> their Sunday comic pages. Uh, I lost a couple of friends there, Calvin and Hobbs. We wish we were the owner of that. There are probably some royalties still coming. I would think so. That'll be basketball with Calvin and Hobbs. Good morning. Well, I was a little bit surprised this week we were talking about today. And you informed me this is yours and mine, 32nd year of doing this. Well, it'll be 32 for me in January. 32 for you in January, then it's probably only about 30 for you and I, 20. Yeah, 20. Well, 93 was when we really kind of met each other and spent time together, you, me, and Mrs. uh, Mrs., uh, What's your last name? Averett, of course, uh, Pat Averett. (laughs) That's when we uh, joined forces and went from uh, Louisville to Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, the the normal comment would be after 32 years, you'd think you'd be better. His his uh, microphone. He's your cousin. His, his microphone just doesn't work anymore. Cut that off. Yeah, cut, cut Robert, him. cut him off. Right, that's it. Wave him off. You're not landing here. He's your cousin, John. Yes, don't look don't at me. Know. So much for the idea of practice makes perfect. He's a black. Well, he's it's a black probably sheep. been about thirty years. He's a black sheep of the Averett family. 
Uh, yes. family. Well, you know, between one thing or another, this is my 27th year on radio in one form or another. So. Oh, and you're all over these days. You're, you become a cottage industry. So, so you think you think <laughs> I'd be better? You know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh, it's uh, very enjoyable having you guys on. And John, I, I, right out of blocks, I'm going to tell you something that you're going to be shocked that I know. Tell me. Did you know that the conference champions are no longer, that don't make the NCAA? I am no shocked longer, that you know that. Are you shocked? Yeah. That they will not get automatic qualifying bids to the NIT. True. So there you go. I thought I'd hit you with a, a, a Joe Frazier left hook. Down goes Frazier. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, what's, that's one thing the NCAA has done a good job of is with the NIT. Now, a lot of other things they have screwed up royally. But the NIT, they've done a good job. The NIT now is a legitimate, good tournament. It is a good tournament. It's not what it was back in oh, the no, 50s it was, it and early a, 60s. As they used to say, a <coughs> bunch of ADs in New York City with cigars in a room making decisions for bad reasons. You know, I'm old enough. Uh, when we played in the NIT, all the games were in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's right. It's a, a good tournament ago. now because everybody aims for the <coughs> for me. the NCAA tournament, and rightfully so. But the NIT is nothing to be embarrassed about. We've got only about a minute or so. So if you're uh, Red Dog had called in, I don't know if y'all were in your cars listening or listening to NPR or something like that, uh, he wanted to know about McNeese State. Bill uh, Will Wade is there now. And is, he says he's suspended for a couple games to start the season because of past well, transgressions? I or is he going to be at the uh, Siegel Center next Monday? I thought he was suspended. And? Henry? And I, but I had a friend of mine who's a big VCU guy. That's uh, a good friend. And supposedly Will was calling some people to have dinner with him this weekend while he's here in town. Well, maybe he'll be here but not coaching. Good point. But Hobbs? I, but I, I well, can't you know, see on, these. on these uh, detailed type questions, you know, now that I'm Mr. Football, some of this stuff has gotten beyond me. <laughs> I, I can't believe the AD at McNeese State, if if he's suspended, allowing him to travel with the team. He's doing it on his own dime. Well, then he's not real smart to do it at his own dime when he can't coach. What the heck would you come I mean, in? He wants to be well, with his state. He has friends in sit, Richmond. Sit, sit in a friends. hotel, watch it on TV. Yeah, he could have friends. Well, in yeah, maybe, maybe, and I'm sure he does have friends in Richmond. Maybe but buys I a am, ticket. I am most emphatically not a fan of Will Wade. We'll put you down as undecided. You know, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's a no. Uh, we need a poll. We're taking a pause here for our final sponsor. We get an update from Lane Casadante, CBS Six Sports update, and return for an hour with these two gentlemen, Avert and Hobgood. Hobgood and Avert, stay with us right here, one zero six one ESPN. Give a call to talk to these gentlemen. Three two seven zero eight eight eight. Stay with us. If you're 